Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Well, some things never change, Cody. Guess so. Death, taxes, and the fact that August is a black hole of content. Yes or no? That's true. What are you talking about? Movies. Dude, I saw a movie yesterday. What? Wait, no. Still in the dark. We'll talk about that later, right? Right? Yeah, Yeah, I I guess. Well, in terms of stuff that, you know you really need like cultural important you know probably Guardians the first Guardians maybe was the last August well Suicide Squad as you like to say dude Hobbs and Shaw came out in August I I stand by my statement they were culturally important (laughs) but so that is that and then life reasons is why we are returning after a very long hiatus um it's only been like a week. It's been uh, like 12 days, something like that. Feels like a minute with how busy I've been, you know. No, I Riding the subway and getting some deep dish pizza. That's the wrong city. <laughs> Cody, that's a joke. Oh, okay. Visiting the Statue of Libertarianism. Hey... You want some good old Kasich? <laughs> He's not a libertarian, is he? Uh, Gary Johnson, know. 2020. I think, I think he graduated high school. I don't know what that means. That means that people who are libertarian didn't graduate high school because they uh, don't. That's cruel. Because they don't. I mean, the South Park guys are libertarian, so maybe I shouldn't say that. But they're interesting. I mean, as far as basic philosophy goes. Yeah. Libertarianism is smart. Then why is it that so many people who are libertarian are fucking morons? Because they're actually just, like, right. (laughs) Your delivery kills me. really does. Um, Now, the only libertarian I know directly, other than you, um, is there was a guy I know from my youth who got busted watching girls like swim like at a pond like he was behind the shrubbery just sort of watching them and he was a libertarian shout out shout out to that guy you know who you are Josh um speaking of Josh uh not Not with us today he is Hmm. currently stuck in that fish tube um so we're gonna hope to get off the podcast listen it's time we stop we gotta stop playing politics (laughs) he's done he sent just one too many lewd photos. Sorry that he's finding out this way. <laughs> Sonia's the new third member. Congrats, yeah, I, Sonia. I'll call her up right now. Where does she work? No, she's outside. She's just outside? She's reading. Aw. I love her so much. You don't even <laughs> A understand. Jordan Peterson book. No! Wait! No! <laughs> Take that back. What? What was I just saying about libertarians being dipshits? He's not a libertarian. Oh, he's just a dipshit. Got him. Listen. Listen, I play that well, all right? You got to respect that. No. (laughs) I don't have to respect that because you just don't listen to the guy and then make fun of him. 
<laughs> it's the same reason I won't ever listen to any of your opinions about like um, Ben Shapiro or anything. Listen, I understand that Ben Shapiro is a troll, and I hate him for that, and I think he's dumb. But his movie opinions are fire. If he just did a mo- did a movie podcast and here you, you just hold on again. So okay, else. I get that you're you're helping you're saying something nice about the guy. Yeah. But you literally just called him dumb, and I doubt that you've ever listened to anything he's ever produced. Yes, I have. I have. I don't believe I you. Guarantee- I don't believe you for a goddamn second. <laughs> I have looked. I've watched videos of him doing that whole college campus tours and like people ask him to come and they protest and then you know the endless cycle of just whateverness. And I've heard portions of his radio show, and I've read his tweets, and about ninety-seven percent of the things that he writes or says is stupid, and just and is just is intentionally like uh, uh, what's the word for the thing I am sometimes stupid. Uh, (laughs) Again, going against the grain, just so you can say you did contrarian. There we go. Either stupid or contrarian, but then when he talks about films and movies. Sometimes there's he has some really genuinely stupid takes, but sometimes I was like, "Oh, that is very insightful." I and I I wish I could like him if he did if we if he and I switched hobbies because he doesn't have a job he has a hobby and that would be Dude, interesting to me. He makes more money than both of us combined. Well, yeah. What obviously. are you talking about? No, no. I'm saying no. I'm saying I wish he and I switched hobbies because, but I I, I just don't think that you know radio hosts tv hosts or whatever is are working working i just i think that's silly of like oh I, well, i've got put in six hours doing my radio show it's like okay but what did you do of actual work but anyways that's we're getting way off topic here Key what point, topic we have no topic i don't know i i can't remember how we got here movies i guess movies cody movies uh-huh. movies. movies exist uh we got a couple things lined up uh, but this is a hangout, so we're freewheeling. We'll see where the conversation takes us. But two p- pieces of news that have been dropped upon us. Uh, well, more so trailers. Two trailers. One of which is from Mr. Martin Scorsese, the guy who makes pictures. He has a new picture coming out in the fall. It is called The Irish Man. It's the story of me. Bono. What? I'm like a hundred percent Irish. Are you really? Oh yeah. Huh. You got that? My mom's maiden name is like, well, it's Stevens, but my grandma's maiden name is Perry. Neither of those are jump out as Irish to me. Well, okay. What if it was Mick Perry? <laughs> I got some McGuire in there too. Like Toby? I hope not. <laughs> what if you, if you have that gene that makes you look the way he looks? And just you won't know until like your kids have kids. They come out with a Tobey Maguire face. What do you? What will you do, Cody? Disown the child. (laughs) Blame blame the other party. (laughs) I I sincerely hope that you carry that gene somewhere of the melted candle man. Um, Well, he's not really melted candle. Just he just that's cucumber patch. Okay, what is he then? Melted candle. I'm just ugly. Pizza time. Um, the Irishman. What do you know about it? Did you watch the trailer? And are you excited? Nothing known. Sure. You didn't watch it. Nope. Code Red, my dude. It's on the Netflix. You can look at it on Netflix. Oh, that's fine. 
and YouTube. And okay. I think... N- no? No, maybe not. What about um, Netflix, though? Yes, Netflix. Definitely Netflix. Yeah. Hmm. And I think YouTube. But I'll get back to you on that one. Can you? Uh, th- are you sure it's on Netflix? You know, now that I think about it, I'm not that sure. Hmm. Okay, that was a stupid bit. Maybe Josh will know. (laughs) Anyways, uh, so you don't know anything about it? Nope. How is that possible? Pesci's in it. That's the most important thing you can know, so I'm proud of you for that. Joe Pesci. In his first on-screen appearance since 2010's The Love Ranch, and that Snickers commercial. Uh, (laughs) He is my hero, first and foremost. Uh, you You know, the whole, like... If you could, if you could have a dinner with three people, living or dead, I wouldn't need the extra two because the person would be Pesci. It would just be me and him, uh, throwing back some Coors Light, talking about the good old uh, days. Coors, dude. Miller, Labatt oh. Blue. I I could fuck with some blue light. <laughs> I gotta hate beer so much. It's so gross. Me too. I'm um, sad. White. It is the Joe Pesci. It is the Al Pacino. It is the Robert De Niro. The Martin Scorsese, of course. And the Harvey Keitel. Telling the Harvey s- Keitel's alive? Yep. He is. He's got to be old as shit, right? I think he's the oldest of them all. He's like 79. Joe Pesci's pretty old, too, though. I mean, the youngest of them, I think, is De Niro. And Pacino, yeah, he's like 75. And he's the youngest of that quartet. And then uh, Keitel and uh, Pacino are both pushing 80. Which is crazy to me that Al Pacino's 80 years old. And anyways, but they're, they're, so the movie's about Jimmy Hoffa. And uh, it's based on a book written by an old uh, friend of a guy named Rosa Bufalino, who is played by Joe Pesci, of course. And in, the, in this series of interviews, he pretty much admitted and kind of laid out how he killed Jimmy Hoffa, setting... Uh, putting one of the greatest American mysteries alongside Roanoke and uh, what would it be? Lincoln, probably, to bed. And Lincoln? What are you talking about? JFK. I mean, I'm just memeing because we don't know who killed Lincoln. Uh, by the way, I was doing a really fun deep dive of Lincoln the other day, and there's a fascinating Wikipedia page about just about the photographs taken of Abraham Lincoln and how they all, like, dated, and they all have these stories that go along with them, and like, you know, people writing about the day that the photo was taken. Highly recommend. I'll try to send it to you. But uh, cool. it's, it's a pretty much a crime odyssey. It's gonna probably going to be pretty long about that whole story. And um, I'm extremely excited for it. Martin Scorsese made one of the three best organized crime movies ever. And this could be the fourth. And I Did think you say one of the three? Hasn't he made, like, all of them? I mean, in term and like overall in oh, no, American are you cinema, counting, um, the Godfather one and two as two separate movies. Yeah, that agree. and Goodfellas are like the three American mafia movies, you know, or just organized crime movies. And this is yeah, but you know what he didn't make? He didn't make Scarface. So I watch, I watch Scarface. It's fine. It's Scarface fine. is good. I like that movie a lot. It's fine. But in term, but... is polluted. The mysticism of the Mafia and the Godfather and kind of the reality and, and genuine 
uh, element to Goodfellas are kind of the two, uh, you know, every mafia organized crime movie has just been riffing off of one of those two, uh, just just one of those two styles and those way of telling a story. Because there's a million Goodfellas rem- uh, ripoffs, and there's you know probably even more Godfather ripoffs. But and um, and it's just it's cool to see Scorsese try to push another movie into that canon. Because I think the last time he really tried to do it was Departed, and then Goodfellas before that, and neither of them quite reached that level of greatness. And I think this I one has that's a chance. True. Did Goodfellas win Best Picture? Uh, no, I don't. Because think didn't so. the Departed? Departed did. That was the first. I think Scorsese's first Best Picture and Best Director win, which is which is kind of funny because. Scorsese kind of started out, and I, I always I find this it's kind of dumb, but I find it fascinating that he started out as like this very kind of avant-garde, off the wall, underground kind of filmmaker making these tiny weird movies, and now he is like you know Hollywood royalty, and he's you know and he's influencing more movie like he's he influenced just fifty years of movies or whatever, but he started out as like this wallflower almost who's completely outside the system and a fresh new voice. And now he's, like, one of the classics, you know? Yeah. It's like how one day Coldplay is going to be seen as a classic, even though, like, a classic band, even though now they're uh, just, like, eh. Like, you too no. have been, too. Find that interesting. Anyways. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. The Irishman. It's the latest movie to get some de-aging. Uh, make that a big point of the movie. They're de-aging and uh, with effects and makeup to kind of so the actors can play their roles from different parts of their lives like De Niro I think could be as young look as young as 30 or so and then as old as like 90 um as old as now (laughs) yeah something like that um and I guess I pose that to you what does that tell you about the future of Hollywood and do you think this advancements in facial manipulation I guess is a good or a bad thing I think it's fine. It doesn't bother me. Right. I, I don't really have a lot to say about it. It doesn't matter to me, honestly. Really? Yeah, it's fine. So why like, not? What what would be bad? What's bad about it? I am trying to. Th- I've been so kind of thinking can't. about that. Of like, the technology obviously for me is kind of a put off, but I've sort of just accepted that no facial whatever, no special effect is ever going to look as good as the real thing. And is, you know, the difference, the difference between 99% and then, and 99% real and real is just an enormous difference. And that's just net for me, my brain, my eyes, that'll never be overcome. But the thing that interests me about it and, um, and kind of ties into another sort of, change in society especially in the movies that we're seeing is just how long people are doing what they're doing like you're just talking about it. al pacino's 80 years old and he's you know he's filming a netflix series and he's got all these projects lined up and denier's 75 and uh you know pesci's obviously out of the game but scorsese's on the older side and he's still making movies and this kind of this technology is sort of lengthening careers and then when you look at people in like their thirties and forties between nutrition and just all the crazy things science has done, you know, Michael Fassbender, if he was born in the thirties, 
he'd he'd be done by the time he was 60 and retired and all old and crap, you know, crapped out pretty much. But because he's living now, he could legitimately he's gonna be an actor forever. Yeah, he could be like Pacino, work till he's 85, and we could maybe not even tell the difference. And it just it's it's and it's everywhere. It's business. It's sports. Like Tom Brady's gonna play till he's 45. It's acting. It's you know. It's just it, I, I'm fascinated at how just in the material world, lifestyles and science is help is making it so people can live longer and be more productive than ever before. And now technology, in the case of movies and even in sports, is starting to catch up to that. And now, like, are we going to be in a future where Leonardo DiCaprio is 90 years old and is the lead of a movie and is like doing stuff? I don't I mean, know. Christopher Plummer's still getting work. That's true, Christopher Plummer. But he's like he he he's never like de-aged when he's playing though. Oh uh, yeah, I know. But like in the future, could we see a movie where DiCaprio plays I don't know Spielberg, and you de-age him to look like Spielberg making Jaws, and then Spielberg making Saving Private Ryan, and yada yada yada, or Teddy Roosevelt, or whatever. Pick a famous figure of. Is this Hell the future yeah. where we don't like the? I'm playing the younger version of blah blah blah. Because that's how De Niro came up. He's playing the younger version of Brando. And if The Godfather 2 was made today, Marlon Brando would just be de-aged, you know? And I don't really see it as a bad thing, um, but it definitely is interesting. And it kind of, if anything, it almost opens up the storytelling possibilities and can really get away with a lot more and kind of work past the constrictions of, you know, <laughs> everyday physics, I guess. Thoughts? <laughs> I had nothing to say. What would be what would be going over the line for you? Movie announced with blah 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 playing blah blah blah, and you would say, "Okay, that's too much." Or you, what? What could you see? I don't know. You use it to play someone of a different race. That's probably not good. I don't think we would do that, though. I don't know. We're pretty stupid sometimes. I think Emma, um, I think Emma Stone is, and the kind of rap she's been given is pretty definitive proof that that will happen again. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But she played a, at the Golden Globes. They did it. They made a dig about her playing a half Asian woman in a movie, and that kind of bit has been followed her around for a while. Not in a bad way. Like she's still getting work. It's just sort of like, okay, come on, Emma. And she's like, yeah, that was stupid. You know, <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah, um, no, I think that's really the only thing. I mean, okay, doesn't really bother me. I'm here for the future cinema. Yeah, I guess I guess we all are, and Irishman is a it's quite a big step. Um, let's so we talked a little about the future. Let's talk about the present uh, with the release of the Tenet trailer, or should I even right, say please? release Tenet? Tenant, I'm sorry. I'm dumb. Tenant. I'm just. Can you just let me be stupid in peace, Cody? Nope. Okay. Damn. Uh, the Tenant trailer. Tenant. So the Thursday of uh, the Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw release. Uh, we started. I yeah. We started seeing chatter on Twitter, and I pretty much dismissed it immediately. Of like, oh, it's just somebody. Saying, oh, well, he did it for Dunkirk, so we'll do it for a tenant. And then it happened, and we actually, there was an actual teaser trailer attached to IMAX showings of Hobbs, of 
fast. No, it was attached to all of them. I, I saw it in my regular ass theater. Did you? Yeah. My well, what what chain was it? Regal. Mm. I saw Hobbs and Shaw on AMC on Friday night, I think, and it didn't. It wasn't attached. But then I went to see it in IMAX the next morning, and literally, I just you know went saw the <laughs> top trailer. Did you have to left. see Hobbs and Shaw twice? No, no, no. I, why would I say? I just left. I, you I didn't pay to watch that, did you? A list. That's ridiculous. I, I used a list. Still, eh, worth it. You had to pay the upcharge. No, I didn't. There's no upcharge. Nope. That's dumb. <laughs> dope. Does you mean? Did you mean say dope, Cody? No, AMC's trash. Hmm. I like it. Um. So I went to see on Friday. Didn't have it in front of it. I just sort of stewed and watched Hobbs and Shaw, which we will also get to later. Um. <laughs> And I saw it the next morning, and when I saw it the next morning, you know, I got there early, I, you know, right at the time the movie started, and the trailers kind of played and played, and I was like, okay, these are the same trailers that I saw when I saw it last night, and I was getting nervous and upset, and then the movie, like, I guess the screen sort of got bigger, or they used the full screen, and it's like, and now, coming in IMAX, I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense, and then there was two trailers, and then Tenet showed up. Before we get to the actual Tenet trailer, uh... Do you like this? Specifically, do you like releasing it in limited theaters or limited showings of a movie and then not releasing it online until, as of recording, what, two weeks later? Um, yeah. I don't mind it. That's right. fine. It's their choice. Right. Why should we care? Well, <laughs> some people aren't as lucky as you and I, especially me, where you don't live close to an IMAX theater and you'd have to go far away and, like, why can't we see it online too? You know, blah, 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 blah. Well, like, just relax. It's not ever going to not be online. Mm -hmm. But the excitement of going to the theater and, you know, stumbling on a... And I guess if if it was at a Regal, maybe all Regals carried and just AMC and Cinemark only attached it to, to, to IMAX showings or something like that. But it's definitely, and I, and I say that not to say, I'm not you know, not to tip my hand. I love what they did. I think it's fun and interesting, um, and just uniquely Nolan that he would only put the movie in front of, you know, s- screening in in the movie theater and put it there so people can go watch it and go to the theater. I'm not sure how he feels about it being on Hobbs and Shaw. I think. I don't, I, I don't know why they didn't put it in front of It, because It is a Warner Brothers movie, and It is, and Tenet is a Warner Brothers movie. Why would they would put it in front of a Universal movie and make them, however many dollars having a Tenet trailer attached made them, is confusing to me, especially when they're like a month apart, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but do you, do you think this is a fun idea going into the future, or is, this, is doing this going to annoy you at some point? I don't care. You don't care. Obviously, I don't watch trailers, remember? Right. So it doesn't really make a difference to me. But what about something you're really excited for and that you're going to watch a trailer for no matter what? Like Star Wars. Would you be fine if they put the second trailer of Star Wars just in front of Frozen in IMAX? (laughs) Or in Dolby or whatever? Well, as long as I knew it came out eventually for everybody, I wouldn't care. What if it didn't come out online until a month after it showed in theaters? I'd be fine. Okay, interesting. Be kind of dumb on their part, but... 
I know, and that's kind of the brilliance of this whole thing is that it's they they're getting it's so dumb, but also it might not be, but it, at the moment it's so it kind of feels dumb that they would put it in front of the tr- in front of this movie and not put it online anywhere. But when it come when it eventually does release online, if it does at all, we still don't know for sure. You know, 99% chance it gets posted on YouTube or whatever, but Mm-hmm. There's a 1% chance because Nolan is just Nolan and he likes to fuck with people that it doesn't. Um, uh, that they're, they that putting it out at a later date, especially several weeks in advance, it's like a second wave of, of press and of attention on it. Of like, oh, instead of doing the, on Friday, the Tenet trailer attached to blah, blah, blah. And then Monday is like, oh, Tenet trailer releases online. You build up anticipation and then it comes out in a month and you get even more... Uh, more attention for it of people, you know, websites saying, "Hey, it's up," and then breaking it down. And you know, same goes for YouTube videos. Um, it's just, it's, it's interesting. It's uniquely Nolan, and I kind of love that. Yeah, it's cool. I don't mind it. You don't mind it. I feel like you wanted me to mind it. I was. Th- I thought you might. I don't know. Maybe if you, if you didn't see it, then maybe you would have minded. If it was only attached to IMAX and you weren't able to get to an IMAX to see it, then maybe I thought you'd might mind. I could get to an IMAX. Too. You think I am? Would you though? If it was, if you went to Hobbs and Shaw and it didn't play, and then you were able oh, to no, go I see, wouldn't. but you if you were able to go see it in IMAX for free, would you go seek it out? Uh, what do you see? What it? The trailer. For free? Like if you if you went I mean to go for to, that trailer, hell no, it wasn't worth it, but. What was it? it? Wasn't worth what? I mean, I don't think it'd be worth okay. seeking out like that, especially that trailer. That was ridiculously. I don't want to say it was stupid, but it was just <laughs> dumb. Like it was dumb. Okay, fuck it. Yeah, it was stupid. That wasn't even a teaser trailer. It was just saying the movie exists. It's dumb. It's an announcement trailer. It's unnecessary <laughs> to waste my time. That's all it did. Okay, I got you did so you, you saw that and you saw those shots and you saw all that and you didn't get excited. You want to know what my my reaction was? Uh, yeah, let's my see. genuine reaction. Let's hear it. Huh? Break my oh, Cody. Cody, Cody, Cody. All right. It is the movie is still shooting. As far as we know, I think it's maybe in like probably a little bit over halfway done. It's a work in progress. They probably didn't have a lot of shots to choose from and not especially not a lot that were color corrected and, you know, watchable pretty much. Um, not that it probably a lot of work goes into a Chris Nolan, you know, uh, movie because he shoots him so well and he's got Hoyt. Ah, I love Hoyt. Um, but, <laughs> but I still think it was really effective. I think the the double pane glass it gave you gave us a lot to think about and a lot of things to consider. Um, some of the just brief clips that they showed of uh, it was by the way an all John David Washington trailer. Nobody else recognizable really was seen. A couple of extras he was beaten up and then soldiers. That's it. It was just him. No no our pats, which I was surprised about. Um, punching a couple guys, being led down a hallway. St- you know, going in a crowd, and then the last shot is him in an o- an oxygen mask, and then the door opens, and he's Spielberg faced at what he sees, um, and that's, and then the 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 taglines are what uh, time for a new protagonist, I think, and 
uh, there's like a new mission or something like that, and and then the the logo, which is all sorts of fun. Gets you reaching for things to be excited for. Honestly, that cute. was dude, <laughs> behind the scenes. I I know I can't remember what I did, but I annoyed Josh somehow. Oh, because I said I I was t- talking shit about Star Trek and fan trailers and all that, and he tried and he sent me like he sent a uh. Disc- the, the, the like the, one of the title slates or whatever the time is new protagonist in a shot and I was like that's fine I don't really care as long as you don't ruin the 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 logo for me because I love movie logos and that one was really really cool and I'm glad I got to see it in the <laughs> theater um, but um, overall really effective trailer it got me really excited for the movie and you know how I can tell Cody how because I dreamed about it last night that's so weird I did I dreamt about the movie. I did that for Irishman. I did that. Never did that for Star Wars, funny enough. I did that for Dark Knight Rise. I have a very specific dream about like this tunnel going uh, going uh, underground, I guess, and the Batmobile coming up. And it was in New Orleans because I think I'd read that there was they were going to shoot in New Orleans, which never happened. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the mark of a true of true anticipation. What was your dream about Tina? The it was a, it was kind of a weird one. It was that the dream was that I saw a different movie that Nolan made before Tenet and like the Run or the Hay or something like that. And I was like, I was sitting. I was I. <laughs> God, I'm such a loser. I was dreaming about how I couldn't wait to write my Letterbox review and be the first one. Uh, <laughs> it was, and then uh, I think it like jumped forward, and then I was going to see the new movie, and I just like. I can't really remember much, but it was just a couple like flashes of stuff. But you know, if it it got my mind going, and um, I'm really really excited for it. It's only a few months away. Well, it's ju- next July, but whatever. So it's about a year away. It's eleven months away. So yeah, about a year. Still though, Tenet, and then the DNC in like three days. Wow, it's gonna be crazy, Cody. What'd you just say about three days? Tenet and then the DNC are going to be within like three days of each other. Oh. So it'll just be a very good week for me, hopefully. Hopefully I'll be excited we'll about who the nominee is, but never know. You know who I'm getting more stoked on? If you say Andrew Yang, I'm hanging up. No, Tulsi. Yeah. Ugh. I like her. Uh, my statement is that I am pr- I am not going to talk bad about any... In any Democratic presidential candidates except Andrew Yang. <laughs> Why so I will the Yang not do? comment because Yang's a dipshit, and I hate his like open collar thing and how he like uh, at the first debate like it was like they were like oh hey here's the financial breakdown of your plan to give everybody a thousand dollars. He's like excuse me and like he didn't understand that that was the number and how he's talking about how his mic was bad. I'm like shut the fuck up, dude. The Yang Gang. He's just. He seems like a frat bro. I don't <laughs> like him. But I will not be saying anything. Was he, about one of, was he one of the ones that went on Joe Rogan? I do not know. I don't know. I'm really excited for there to be seven people at the next debate. You know, the seven real contenders, and get rid of all the nerds. Okay, I read I, I'm gonna ch- hold on. I'm going to change my thing. John Delaney too. I'll talk bad about John Delaney because he's a moron. I've never even heard of that guy. He's the he's the bald guy who's like the the he's the Jeb Bush of this race where everybody just dogs on him because he's such a moron. I've never heard of him. Good. 
I read somewhere. I didn't read somewhere. It was on Reddit. Somebody said, yeah. what do you think if we um, had Joe Rogan do the Democratic debates or the, the presidential debates? Oh, wow. And have him moderate it. Yikes. I think that'd be so much better than whatever person they get to do it. Honestly, I am all for out-of-the-box debate stuff because the moderators are, I don't know, they never really make an impact, whereas I think they should, and they should be, like, interrogating the candidates a little bit and, like, directing them to talk to each other instead of just being like, what do you think about health care? And then say nothing until it's like, oh, sorry, it's time. Time. We have to move on. Sorry, it's time. Like, you can do something really clever with a, with a debate moderator, and it just mm-hmm. they just choose not to. And they just want to do, like, oh, we have our three CNN hosts who are going to be asking random questions to random people. Like I guess Andy you gotta. Cooper. I guess you have to have that when it's multiple people. But when it's when it's like four, you can probably just do like a little bob and weave and just string the debate along that way. But I don't know. That's just me being a me being a television producer. I guess. Talk shill. Television producer mindset. Um. All right. So Irishman, yeah or nay? Excited. Sure. I watch it. Now there's rumors that it's going to be getting a theatrical release too, that uh, as well as a Netflix one. If let's say hypothetically, if Netflix was on in October, but then theatrical was in November, would you wait to watch it theatrically, or would you just watch it on Netflix as soon as it came out? Um, that movie, I'd probably just watch it on Netflix. What about vice versa? I'd, I'd go see it in the theater if I could use my Regal thing on it. That's the big question, though, because the last year the the Regal and AMC, you know how they do their like ten best picture film festival or whatever. Yeah, they refused to play Roma because it didn't adhere to the um, to their like the theatrical release window, and they're like, "Well, yeah, we'll play it, but you can't put it on Netflix for three months." And I remember that. Yeah, interesting. I I really hope that it. Thing, something is resolved because I don't want it just to be people in, you know, Dallas and L.A. and New York and Chicago uh, to be able to see a Martin Scorsese movie in the theater, especially this one, which is which seems you know so extravagant and beautiful and all that. I really I hope something is some compromise is arbitrated where I don't know maybe it's he can go in the theaters for like a three-week engagement and then go on Netflix or something just to, mm. so everybody... Because, like, after three weeks, you know, most movies kind of just pick up chump change as and they just get dwarfed by whatever news coming out. So, like, I don't know. Maybe just this one time. Or or maybe we can you can shorten them up as we go forward or something. I don't know. Um, but anyways. Do you want to dip into current events a little bit? If you want... What do you think about this whole The Hunt situation? Don't really know that much about it, but I think it's kind of funny. Funny. Interesting. Why? Yeah, because people are getting all bent out of shape about it, and I like when people make a big deal about things like that. Makes it feel like they're a bunch of babies. <laughs> so where where do you come down on it? Or I mean, I'm not going to see it, probably, but... Yeah, I was never planning on seeing it. I don't care that it's been released. Wait, what? Has it not been released? Are they pulling it? It's been pulled completely. 
they're cowards. I haven't been paying attention. Um, I mean, you you obviously. pretty much know what it is. Like, obviously, yeah, we I had didn't these two... think that they. I thought they were going to show it anyway. Yeah, but I think that's kind of silly that they're not. It's like this. The whole um, what was that movie about North Korea? Yeah, the interview. The interview. It's right. similar to that. Well, except less ridiculous. I have I've kind of been following along, uh, not really that deeply. I just read a pretty at length Forbes article, kind of more opinionated, uh, but still sort of laying out everything that's happened. My first read of it, and just based on looking on you know uh, punditry Twitter, I guess, and just movie people in general, I compl- I think either I am completely misread it or everyone else did. I'm not quite sure, but my read was. Listen, this is a pretty grisly, gun-heavy, people shooting people, not in like a, you know, we're cops or it's John Wick kind of a way, but just random, you know, people. Like, I think The Hunt is like supposed to be a most dangerous game kind of. But for MAGA people, yeah. Sure. I've read that it's sort of liberals hunting down deplorables and stuff like that. And I I, I haven't seen the movie and I don't really, I haven't really seen the trailer. So I'm not even going to wade into any of that because that's. It's whole thing about creative expression and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And people not understanding, you know, art and movies and filmmaking and storytelling, but whatever. Um, my read was, this movie is not, we're not hedging a lot on it. It's, a, it'll make us a little bit of money, but we're not thinking it's going to be Avengers or anything like that. And it's just a bad time. Like, we just had these two horrific shootings and politicians and are are sniping at each other and some you know for many many reasons and the last thing we need right now in in both the climate and in terms of sensitivity to the people who are burying their friends and family is a movie about people hunting down people and killing them with guns however people and like a lot of people en masse seem to be thinking it looking at it through the lens of well we had another shooting so now we have a movie with guns so we can't do movies with guns anymore which i think is really is pretty stupid and short-sighted because like Mm -hmm. guns make up probably 70 percent of the things that we watch have some form of a gun in it in some in one way or another like the irishman has a gun uh, John David Washington is carrying a gun, and and there's people with guns in the Tenet trailer. Fast and Furious has guns, uh, like it's just it's kind of everywhere, and it's reignited the whole debate about just guns in general, but specifically when it comes to you know the media's relationship and Hollywood's relationship to to guns. And is it hypocritical that you know the people in Hollywood and you know creative types? are the ones making the movies with guns and shooting and killing also, but then also say, Hey, you know, guns are bad in everyday life and society. And we shouldn't have assault rifles. Maybe I'm not saying that the, that movies and TV shows are, are the sole cause of any shootings by any means, but it definitely is a part of it. And that's kind of been American culture, you know, ever since we had TV is, we have Bonanza, and we have cop shows and FBI shows, and that's just kind of how it's mm-hmm. always been. But for sure now, with, you know, look at Deadpool, look at John Wick. Like, has have were there John Wick-type movies in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s? 
even the 90s? Not really. Like, it definitely, the bloodshed, and I'm responsible for, you know, I'm not responsible, but I admit that I like it sometimes, but the bloodshed and the, the sheer amount of bullets fired has gone up to me exponentially Oh, as as time has gone on. And... I don't know. It, there, it does seem like there is that Hollywood. I think shouldn't just shut it down the debate of like, well, you need to, you know, we we don't need assault rifles in the in the world. We don't, and we need better mental health. Well, that's I think that's true. I do think that a reckoning and some sort of self reflection needs to happen about how we depict guns and how we use them to tell stories. Thoughts? I disagree with you. Why is that? I think people should be able to uh, distinguish between reality and fiction mm-hmm. in such a way that if somebody wants to tell a story right. that involves guns, they shouldn't have to worry about um, being blamed for a shooting. No, I—, I no. I agree. I agree with you all the way up. I don't think they should be blamed for the shooting. A shooting by any means. The the blame for mass shootings lies, speaking to me here, solely on lawmakers who don't do anything when shootings happen, and you know wh- who let the assault weapons ban pass or don't even pick up and don't even bring to the Senate for debate a basic universal background check bill or roll back things when they get into office. That. The, the blame for mass shootings, as far as I'm concerned, goes solely on them. I'm just sort of talking about culturally that the the hypocrisy, there is a little bit of, you know, the Hollywood sort of, you know, I guess liberal mindset of guns bad. But then when we make a TV show or we make a movie, we just we put in guns without even thinking of them. Where I think a little bit more thought should be put in of what do we really need to use this to tell our story? And do we really need to go this to, to go John wick level far to make up, to make our point, you know? Mm. I don't know. It, it sounds like I'm just, saying, you're, you're probably, I'm probably wrong, but it really, <laughs> to me, yeah. it sounds like you want people to you almost want guns censored. I'm not, no, and brought it's, and just just removed from movies altogether. Not that's not what I'm saying at all. I don't believe that at all. I think I. I but but it sounds it, to I, me I like think, what no, you're I'll saying is that every uh, other country, every other country in the world gets our movies. Like Britain, they get all of our movies. They can watch all of our TV shows. Same goes for Australia. Same goes for Japan. Same goes for you know China. Pick anyone out of the hat. Our stuff goes out there. They see the John Wicks. Nobody over there shoots up a school. Or nobody over there takes a, an assault rifle and guns people down at a music festival or goes to a movie theater and shoots people. What I'm saying is our un- America's unique relationship with guns, I think, should make people think about how they use them more. I'm not saying that means, well, we can't, just can't have guns in movies and TV shows anymore. I just think the thought, the thinking needs to happen a little bit. And I'm kind of glad that this not not just not glad for the shooting, but I'm I think now with this hunt thing is a good time for us to re- to reflect on guns and media a little bit. And that's not to say that the MPAA should put censorships down and say, oh well, if you have if you have more than 500 shots, the movie is X-rated or whatever. 
I don't, I'm not saying that at all, but I do think our relationship with violence and our relationship with guns is more complex than everybody else's. And because we put out all the movies and because, you know, American culture is so tied into the media and tied into TV and movies that now is a good time to think about it a little bit more. Cause like after Sandy hook happened, there was a, there was an animated show called the bat or no, beware the Batman. That was on Cartoon Network or something like that. And they, I, I, I have no idea if this had any impact whatsoever, but they adjusted from being a show where the, everybody's got just straight up machine guns to like these plasma guns that were a little, that were less threatening, I suppose, and more childlike. And I'm not saying that now all movies need to have, and shows need to have plasma guns. I'm just saying I think that the conversations and the deliberations about it does need to happen. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think that right. that's fine. Our our depiction of guns in the media ha- literally has anything to do with, or it shouldn't have anything to do with it. The people who do these are sick, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you're looking for something to blame other than their mental health or whatever. Me, I'm not me specifically. You or people who talk like you. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's time to think about it a little bit. And I'm not talking about just with the sh- with this. You know, people who are shooter like school shooters or people who go out and do these terrible things. I'm talking about some of the people back home who take it as a point of pride that they have a gun and like do the whole bit about well, if my if he this guy disrespects my daughter, I have a shotgun waiting for him. And just the general relationship that we that America has with guns. Okay, I, I don't just, like I don't them. understand. I, That's fine that you don't like them. Doesn't yeah. mean other people don't. I'm not saying but that. But I just, I don't see, if we rethink it, what, what's that, what do you mean? What does that do? How does that happen? Okay, for instance, Call of Duty. Okay. The scene in those Call of Duty games, and it, and it caused an uproar uh, a few years ago. It's just in one of them. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, where they go through, and part of the game is to walk through an airport and just kill people at random. Okay. Yeah, what about it? You don't have to do it, though. I know. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, if you look at that game, and if you look at what Call of Duty is made for, what is, what do 99.8% of people use Call of Duty for, Cody? Fun. Well, I'm talking about game specific. Like they, uh, I'll, I'll just tell you what I'm thinking. They use it to play online, right? Okay. They don't use not, not a lot of Call of Duty players play it for the story mode, and it's stuff like that that you just put in there, knowing that not many people are going to do it, but it is like it's like almost fantasy fulfillment. And John Wick even goes into that a little oh, bit. Oh, buddy, buddy, buddy! That you're I just, sounding, you're I getting so you're getting so so close to sounding like a boomer. It's really scary. <laughs> You are you're get you're you're judging so close to I'm video not, games cause violent territory. I'm not, and I'm I have not. no respect for people who believe that. I I'm think that's the, they the worst. It. I'm not saying stupidest take in I'm, the entire world. <laughs> and if you believe it, I, listen. Hey, I'm not saying to I'm all not, of our listeners. Yeah, if you believe that, stop listening to this podcast because <laughs> I'm playing a violent video game right now. I know, I know. So. That's, that's such a stupid take. That's I'm just using that as an example. You're getting I'm not so so close to getting there, though, Mason. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm not your s- line of thinking is making you dangerously conservative. Wow, that's who would have thought? 
I've I've just I've always been personally uncomfortable with guns, and uncomfortable with how and and with like we've talked in we've memed many a times about how network TV yeah you can show whatever you want you can show murder you can show rape you can show guts gore you know crazy shit watch CSI but if you show a boob that's it like you can't you can say one fuck in a movie and then and to be PG thirteen. If you say two fucks, it's R. But if you, yeah. But but when it comes to PG thirteen and R difference in terms of violence, it's blood splatter, not shots, and not like people getting you know pounded around by bullets, but just blood splatter. And that's that's uniquely us. That's uniquely us. And whether you want to admit it or not, violence is a part of. The American psyche, in some form, it's our entertainment. But it, I don't understand everything. What... And I'm just saying, whether it be a video game, whether it be Bonanza, whether it be the old boomer shows of just of westerns like Tarantino had in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, of dudes just in the old west, you know, f- you know, shooting at each other, whatever. Guns have been a big part of our history. And I don't necessarily, th- I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. But that's also not that's also not saying that they're the reason behind mass shootings. I'm just saying it's a component. I don't know how much. I don't know how big or how small. Nobody does of a component that is to mass shootings or shootings of any kind. I don't know, but I'm saying it could be a lot more than we think it is. And I think that's worth some introspection, especially among the people who want. Who are who seem to be politically the most affected by gun violence? I don't know how to put it any more clear. Than I that. guess I just don't see your point. That's fine, but I'm just the thing you said where the scene where the no Russian scene in Modern Warfare Two was wish fulfillment was the stupidest thing I've ever heard you say. Okay, but that's be, no because no I I can't get past that. That's <laughs> literally the dumbest thing because if you think people go around wishing or fantasizing about shooting up a fucking airport. Well, maybe Wish Fulfillment was a bad... It, it was... I don't know. It was introducing something that may not... Like, Call of Duty is... It is what it is. It's... For me, I've, I've played it before. I'll play it... You know, I'll play it in the future. It's... For me, I like it because hand-eye coordination. Because it... You know, video games are really good for you in that sense. You know, they like... Like, the people that are flying fighter jets are as good as they are because they played video games. And millions 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 of people like you and me have picked up a video game, you know, drove it around, Grand Theft Auto, shot some people in the face, got in a helicopter, blown up cars, done all of that kind of stuff, and never heard of fly in real life. But I just don't like it when the people that are making these things include stuff like that airport scene. I think that goes too far, and I think have that... Have you played that, the game, dude? Yeah, I've played Modern Warfare 2. Well, have you listened to the story? It makes sense within the context of the story. It absolutely does. I'm not... So then I don't understand what your point is. You, you, well, that it's... Well, it, but it's... Okay, but it's just like that game that came out a while ago of, like, the classroom shooting simulator and stuff like that. Those... I'm, I'm more talking... But whereas that, it was a tiny indie project that got scrapped away. This airport scene was in a the biggest first-person shooter gaming franchise ever, you know? And in what probably the most played game of our generation, I think. I know more people who played MW2 than anything else. 
But I just, I just still I'm don't really saying, understand what you're trying. What your point is here? I'm just saying I'm uncomfortable with that, and the and the line has to be drawn somewhere. Of this, of guns are fine, but if you go past this point, that's just not productive or just acceptable in a culture. I don't. But what do you mean? I. Uh, what else? What, I don't know. But I don't I understand that. what you're saying. Yes, guns are fine to own until the point where you start killing people. Yeah. What What is your point? I'm just. We're a visual society. Like we've we've we're desensitized to guns and we're okay, desensitized what, to violence so and stuff. What I, What it sounds like you're saying to me, though, Mason. Okay. Is that you? You think we should start or uh, have less guns and violence in our. That's what I'm saying. That's what it sounds like you're saying. I'm just saying we need to think about it. We need to think about the things we depict a little bit more. Okay, then what? Then... Then start censoring yourself? No, then just thinking about it. Like, do we want... But but what comes after that? Do you want... I don't know. That's not for me to decide. That's for the people who make video games and movies and TV shows to decide. Granted, I'll I'll admit here, not many movies and TV shows and all that, it gets interesting when you take away the guns. Like, the sadly, that's how we depict danger. And Star Wars even has blasters. And it's just, we like things that are exciting. We think we like things with action. And guns are the most accessible way to create those things. Uh, you know, not everybody gets as jazzed about arguing as I do in, in, like, in the case of Steve Jobs or the social network. For everybody else, and for me included, it's, you know, oh... This guy's got a big, you know, blaster or whatever. Or, you know, they're shooting missiles out of a plane or whatever, what have you. I'm not, I'm not calling for anything to happen. I'm just, I just want people to think about it a little bit more. What, whatever end that comes to is whatever end that comes okay, to. Okay, so, but, but it just seems like you I want have no, it to start here and then I don't want anything. I just want people to think about it more. I want them to put more thought into the things, into these things and not take violence for granted and not overlook it as something that does have some sort of power. I don't know how much the power is. I don't know how influential something like Modern Warfare 2 or something like John Wick or something like The Hunt could potentially be on somebody. That's an inquantifiable idea. There's no number that you can point to. It's for for the case of these two shooters, the one in El Paso, the reason is not Modern Warfare 2. The reason is Donald J. Trump. And the other guy... We don't know yet because he's dead, but he seemed, but he had a rape in a kill list in high school and he was able to buy a gun. So that neither of those two have anything to do with That's what we're talking about. Exactly. But when I'm just in the terms of just looking at this movie, The Hunt, I interpreted it as it's the wrong time for this. But I also looked at it as, well, every, you know, Hobbs and Shaw just came out and, uh, What's coming out in a couple weeks? I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's something in gun, you know, action movie related coming out in September and October. I'm just saying, let's think about it a little bit more. I'm not calling for anything to happen. I'm not starting a petition. I'm just asking for people to think. Yet. You haven't started doing that yet. <laughs> and you I never talk. will. I never will. will. I never will. We'll you, see. We'll you let see. me know when I do. You let me know when I say I will call you out on it. All right. I tr- and you know what? That's what I like about you, Cody. That's what I like about you. Ah, you're such a cuck. <laughs> Anyways, uh, 
I think we should probably move on to watch reading, listening to. <laughs> that was fun, though. That was fun. See, I like having these conversations. And Cody, what are what am I doing? Just asking questions, honestly. Is that is there anything more American than that? No. All right, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. We're still friends. Right now. <laughs> oh, you're the best. Um, really interest, intrigued to see what Josh has to say about that, but we will hear those thoughts at a later time. Or if he just starts the episode and be like, Mason, you're the biggest fucking moron in the entire world. And I'm like, okay, I'll take that. Can't wait for the text message. So many threads upon threads and gifts upon gifts. All right. Watch reading, listening to for me. We actually have a couple in common. Oh, yeah, just, let's sh- just talk about the two movies we've seen. Yeah, and then yeah. we can call it a day. I actually have a few things I want to get to. But no. Yes. Uh, Fast and Furious Hobbs presents Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Too many guns! Get rid of no, the no, no, I'm so done. <laughs> Listen, El Paso happened after <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw. I, I don't know if that's true. but Yeah, it did. I think it was the next day. That's It's so sad that we can't even keep track of this shit anymore. It's Hollywood's fault. Donald Trump's fault. Um... <laughs> I, I, by the way, I love the whole like toe dancing game. Like, well, we don't know what he did. I don't. We don't know. We don't know why. He, but it's like Donald Trump. The first thing he said when he wanted to run for president was like, "Mexicans are rapists and killers." I'm like, okay, yes. let's just let's add, let's write another op-ed trying to figure out if he's a racist or not. That <laughs> that let that'll that'll solve it. God, you can quote me on all of that. By the way, Donald Trump is a fucking racist, and he he's pretty much put the gun. The bullets in the gun that this guy used to kill people, and uh, I'm not going to back down for the that. podcast. Uh, please don't. I speak on behalf of Josh Needle, Cody Redfield, and myself in saying that Donald Trump is a racist piece of shit, and he yes. pretty much killed those people. Anyways, um, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, bad movie. No, very bad movie. Not a bad movie at all. Quite bad. I hate. Really it. Really fun. I it really was so much it. fun. I had so I really really liked it. They leaned way too far into the joke here. Way too far, Cody. I liked it. All right. But I got to I got to tell you though. This may make you mad, but this movie did uh mark a very special occasion for me. What? For the first time in the history, the Did you walk out? The history of my movie watching life, I walked out. You walked out of the movie? Right after they got to Samoa, I was like, this is going to go on for another half hour, and I'm very tired. And also, it perf- to be perfectly honest, I was kind of upset that I didn't get a Tenet trailer. And I was just sort of stewing. <laughs> and I bailed. I don't think I missed much. It seemed pretty stupid. You missed a lot. It was great. Okay. You're so stupid. I it was... have no respect for people that walk out. I feel like they're just playing themselves. Like, <laughs> like a moron. Like, you paid money to go and see that movie. I didn't pay that much money. You still paid money to go and see it. That's true. <laughs> um, and That's it's really, true. really dumb to do that. Okay, I'll take that. But, like, there was, there's, let me, get, I'll say this. There's other movies that I thought about that I've really strongly considered walking out of. Like, there was a movie I watched last year called The Little Stranger that was boring as piss. But it was, but the movie was kind of quiet, and I was tired, and the seats were comfortable, so I just kind of stuck it out, because it was only, you know, I was close to the end. But this was, like, really loud, and I was tired, and, like, my seat was kind of... I was, like, getting sweaty for some reason. I just... So I just left. And I'm... If, and if you're waiting for an apology, you're not going to get one, Cody. I'm sorry. Um, 
I don't care. Okay. It is really, really, really stupid of you to do. Okay. All right. I just think they leaned and they leaned too far into the joke. And like half of the dialogue was just Dwayne and Jason yelling at each other and making like talk, making fun of each other. And like the Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart thing just made me want to die. Ryan, I'm over Ryan Reynolds. He's not funny anymore to me. Like I get his bit. He like he's snarky and he talks fast. It's like okay. And Kevin Hart's been over for me for like 15 years, probably <clears> before <throat> I ever knew he existed. I never. I, it's like okay. He's he still makes me laugh every time in that Jumanji trailer when he plays the old guy, but. Whatever. Overall, not the biggest fan. It's fi- it's whatever. It's fine. What'd you like about it? I liked. <laughs> I liked um, the Rock and Jason Statham. Mm-hmm. I liked the way they worked off each other. Mm-hmm. I liked Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. I liked. She's great. Um, I liked. Is she gonna be guns. more than just like female character in action movie? Like, yeah, is she gonna be eventually. A, I want to see her get do like a really good dramatic role or something because i don't know like i liked her she does she does this bit like she did mission impossible really really well like as well as anybody in this has ever has really like but i don't know i want to see her like act act someday i'm sure do sorkin vanessa kirby please i think you'd be good at it anyways what what grade would you give hobbs and shaw seven okay i'm like at a three um, scary stories to tell in the dark. We also saw. You like that? Yes, I did. Good. I liked it too. I liked it too. Jangly man, come on. Pale lady. No, pale lady was my favorite part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pale that pale lady sequence was great. I love mental hospitals and all that. I've spent a lot of time in them over the years, and um, that just really good good depiction of that kind of life. And she it was, was just, just it was spooky. so spooky. It was so cool. Yeah. She was so menacing. Should have come out at closer to Halloween. Um, honestly, yeah, I think so. Actually, yeah. late September. Right? Just because, just because of when it was set. Yeah. But I also don't think I don't think that they wanted to put that up against it. Against or what? Anywhere it. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Stevie King's it. Sorry. Oh, I see. Yeah. They sh- yeah. I don't think they wanted to put it anywhere near that. Yeah, that movie's so, good. That pro- I think that might make a billion. Maybe not because it's kind of long, but it'll Dude, get- I saw the tra- I saw a trailer for that attached to um Scary Stories. Yeah. Yesterday, I'm so much more excited for it now. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen any trailers for it. I've been I've stayed away, so I don't know any of the spooky stuff, That's but I'm really good. excited. I know I all wait. the spooky stuff because I read the book. Right. Like I saw I saw reviews of the original, so I I know kind of the the main beats, but I don't know the spin that they're putting on it cuz Fucking Christ, Pennywise is terrifying. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Um, it, you should. If you ever feel like listening to a long-ass book for whatever reason or reading it. Why do you expect me to change and become a different person? Because I thought sometimes maybe I don't think you're a cuck, but. <laughs> I've been watching Ghost Hunters, so does that count? No. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Ghost Hunters. Ghost Hunters is Great. like the worst ghost show. No. Uh, I got a few that I need to burn through. I rewatched The Social Network. At a theater in Brooklyn was showing it. The movie's peak. Just anything, everything, whatever category, whatever peak anything can be, this is it. Um, Loose is a movie that I saw a few days ago. Um, just a kind of a small L.A. New York release, and I absolutely loved it. It's one of the best movies of the year. I love 
how it simmers and it stews and it's just it's terrifically acted and even better screenplay like wow um we i think we actually if we actually do the whole you making make each other watch one movie before it's list time i might make this yours cody because i think you get a lot out of it especially being a teacher um and uh i just i couldn't recommend it enough loose is and it's got it's by the guy who did the cloverfield paradox so as far as i'm concerned he's two for gotta two gotta be good yeah i like cloverfield paradox i don't care um i also watched a movie called notting hill last night it is a richard curtis aka about time uh, uh writer uh okay. written movie with Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant, it is about a movie star who falls in love with a bookstore owner in England, and it is fabulous. It's not that great, but it's like a fun Sunday afternoon rom-com, and I just die for those things. Uh, no guns, so that's pretty cool. So bad. <laughs> uh, Lewis also doesn't either, I think. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to make this a bit. I, um, and then I've rewatched also... A little movie called Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. And I <laughs> fucking love this movie so much. I was like, Ultimate Edition, obviously. I squealed and laughed and was just having a grand old time. Like, oh my god, this. Have you watched it recently? BBS. Yeah. It's probably been a good. What month is it? July. Or August. It's probably been almost six or seven months. I think popping in again. I th- I think it's. It's so great. I th- I used to have a problem. I used to be like, yeah, it's good up until like the doomsday stuff and the ending. But I don't know, man. It kind of works for me now. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like it. I, I, I'm terrified to see how far this may climb up my Batman rankings. Because, like, it's already higher than Dark Knight Rises. It's already higher than Batman Begins. And, like, I don't know. This could be, like, top Ooh, four or five. Batman Begins is a good movie i know but i'd much rather watch this <sighs> i know that makes me a bad person but i don't know like mm-hmm. it'll never reach love like phantasm and and dark knight and um uh the original batman 1989 but it could get fourth and that's crazy to me but i'm super jealous. I feel jealous. like uh, Ra's is slept on as a villain and you guys are sad mm. I like him as a villain. I think he's fine. He served. I went to the. I went to a museum the other day. Yeah. And they had um, film strips. Oh, cool. Of Batman, nineteen eighty nine. What museum was that? Um. The Rochester Science Center. Cool. Check that out. Um, and then the last movie that I'm going to talk about. Another Batman movie that made my fucking blood boil is called mm-hmm. Batman Hush. Oh, my God. Um, this is the worst Batman movie I've ever seen. Ever in the world? Ever in the world. History of the world. I would watch Batman and Robin, Batman Returns. Uh, I mean, I like Batman. Batman and Robin is the same much because I genuinely adore that movie, but... There's a lot. I, I'd rather I'd watch any other Batman movie again before I'd ever watch this. Okay. No matter what. Uh, I don't even know what 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 to say with this, Cody. Did you you didn't read my review, did you? Mm, I popped in. I didn't finish reading it because I remember you told me not to. Okay, good. So, in the original graphic novel, Batman Hush. 
honestly my most overrated graphic novel. I read it, thought it was fine. It, it served its purpose, you know, doing the whole Bruce Wayne backstory and give him a new villain and have a lot of his other villains show up and like personal tragedy, blah, 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 like all. It, it served its purpose, totally fine. It's not even in the same. Con- it's not even on the same planet as Long Halloween. That's like the best Batman story ever, but it's good. It's entertaining. It's fun. It's fine. It's it it is to the Dark Knight or you know, the Dark Knight is like the Long Halloween. And Hush is like Batman, 1989. I don't like it as much, but it's on that same level of it does the job, whatever. So the story of Hush is that, uh, spoilers, not the movie, but the graphic novel, is that Bruce Wayne meets up with his old pal Thomas Elliot. He was a surgeon at the Gotham Hospital or whatever. Bruce takes a tumble, uh, fucks up his head. Alfred can't take care of it, so he calls in Tommy to help. Um, And Tommy helps, and they, you know, become friends, and... Uh, you know, rekindle their friendship, and there's flashbacks to them as kids before their parent, before Bruce's parents died, and before one of Tommy's parents died, and it kind of tells Bruce's story through his relationship with Tommy, and all the while this guy hushes out, and Tommy gets shot by the Joker, and he's ba- so Batman's dealing with that, and he's dealing with Hush, and the graphic novel, dun dun dun, Tommy Elliot is Hush, and he's pissed, and he knows who Bruce is, and he's pissed because he tried to. Tommy Ellie tried to kill his parents to get their money, but Bruce somehow is responsible for one of them surviving, so he didn't get the money. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Fine story. Does his job. In Batman Hush, the nineteen, the nineteen, the animated mm-hmm. adaptation, everything moves according to plan. It's chugging along. You know, Bruce and Selina are a bit more of a thing, which is kind of weird and not that great, but whatever. Yeah, the villains show up, Poison Ivy and Superman, the Joker shoots Tommy in the alleyway, Batman gets all pissed and beats the shit out of him, and, the, and Gordon stops him. All is plain, all's, all's well. Everything's fine. And then, the movie takes a turn, Cody. Uh-oh. It diverges completely, completely from the book. Tommy Elliot stays dead. He's not Hush. It was Hush. Have a guess at who Hush is. Robin. No. Alfred. No. Batman's dad. Yes. Really? No. It is none other than Mr. Edward D. Nigma. It's the Riddler? Because the Riddler got brain cancer, geoblastoma, you know, the kind that killed John McCain, uh, Megan McCain's father. He gets. Know who John McCain is. Megan McCain's father. Just want to make sure you knew. That's ran for president in two thousand eight. Lost. So his daughter is Megan McCain. Yeah. Um. So the Riddler gets brain cancer. Whoop de do. Whatever. Some goes to Thomas Elliot for treatment. Whatever. Blah blah blah. More of the story is he gets into a Lazarus pit, which from the Batman lore is how Raish Al Ghul, the aforementioned, stays alive for like nine hundred years in the comics. It's just you get in this pool and it like jerks you around, and then you come back to life, and you'll live another 90 years, whatever. So he uses a Lazarus pit to cure his brain cancer. Somehow, in the Lazarus pit, he realizes, hey, Bruce Wayne's Batman. And then he goes on a revenge vendetta, and he dies. Because Catwoman drops him in, like, a molten pit, uh, like a molten vat of fire, whatever. And that's Batman Hush. Huh. It's the joke, it's the Riddler with brain cancer. That's stupid. To become Hush. I just don't know why you would make that turn. Like, with, with Killing Joke, I 
A lot of people hated it. I thought it was interesting. Like, the killing joke's short. You need to add something on. You do something weird with the character to kind of change the dynamic of the story. But you can still watch the story without any of that mattering and not even and just ignore all the Batman Batgirl stuff. But this fundamentally changes what's a what is a pretty okay, pretty good story, and turns into something so stupid. And I can't, I don't know why they did it. And it's it's not like it's an interesting choice if they like oh well it's not Hush or Hush isn't Tommy Elliot because but it is uh, I don't know. Like in, you could borrow the thing from Court of Owls, where it's the the, the mayor is ba- is Bruce's un, uh, brother he didn't know. Like you could maybe do something interesting there or something. But to go with the Riddler and to go with brain cancer, like what the fuck? It is so bad, and people have inexplicably been giving it good reviews on Letterboxd and Rotten Tomatoes. And I personally want to see all of them escorted to the Gulag because this is just absurd, and this movie is trash. And I'm honestly, like, uh, I think Long Halloween is the next animated movie down the pike, and I'm fucking terrified of what they're going to do to that. Is Holiday going to be Penguin, Cody? There's been a couple of good ones, though. I know, but this one's got me worried. Now I think that now I see that they can zig and zag when they really shouldn't be. Well, what's what's wrong with just making a nice little hush adaptation? It's never been adapted before outside the graphic novel. And the the first time you do it, you want to do something that fucking crazy and stupid? Really? I don't think so. That's not my that's not the America I was born in and it's not the one I want to die in. Anyways. It's fair. It's it's fair. Don't watch Batman Hush Kids. Nothing good'll come of it. Literally, nothing good. And the voice acting and the screenplay is also terrible. Ugh. Actually the girl who plays Harley Quinn isn't terror strong, but sounds exactly like her, which is crazy. Uh, the guy voices the Joker is really bad. Nightwing's pretty bad. Alfred's pretty bad. Batman's fine. It's like that Jason Amara guy. And the screenplay is straight up trash. It's ugh, boy. But yeah, I'm sorry that happened to you. I honestly, I was, I thought this would be a fine little, you know, animated Batman movie. I love Batman, obviously. And then I was just, as I watched it unfold, I was just dumbfounded at the choices they made. And it is undoubtedly going to be my worst movie of the year. That's not even close. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, <sighs> looks like Citizen Kane compared to this. That's a lie. I'm sorry. At least I knew, like, 30 minutes in that Godzilla, King of the Monsters, was going to be terrible. And I could just adjust myself for that. But this happened halfway through the movie. And that is unforgivable. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, uh, anything else from you, Code? D? Um, you just as long code. as you never call me that again, we're good. Okay, sorry, I forgot about that. I, I added the E at the end, but I think yeah, it's I heard, too late. I heard, I, I appreciated that. I appreciated you trying. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, do I have anything? <laughs> I watched There Will Be Blood Again. Great movie. That movie is amazing. Daniel Day-Lewis? More like Daniel Day, great actor. I think that is his best role. Uh, what's my other favorite? Oh, Lincoln. Yeah. I mean, Ed and Lincoln are both on the same kind of level of just incredible amazingness. I know. I think I would give the edge to uh, There Will Be Blood. Why? I don't know. There's just something about his performance in that movie. 
And it's un- it's untethered. It's not connected to anything too, which makes it's completely unique and completely his. I think that's that's probably what why I might. It's like undoubtedly it um, what's the, the director's name? PTA Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, definitely his best role. Mm. Or, uh, director or movie. Right. It's it's nowhere near as good, but it's almost as interesting. Have you seen Magnolia? No. Okay, it's three hours long, so you might have to bite it off in pieces, an hour and a night, a night or something like that. But it is, it is fascinating. It's really good. I didn't mean to rewatch it. It's been so. It's been probably ten years since I watched that last. So, which is crazy to say. Um, yeah, I'm definitely interested in checking that out again. But there will be blood. Yeah. Any is there a more cathartic movie death than Paul Dano at the end? Oh hell no. Yeah, I agree. Darth Vader, no. Or I guess he's not so much cathartic. Well, cathartic because you don't, you don't. I don't want Darth Vader. Right, to die right. I was like, like Thanos. Yeah, doesn't hold a stick to <laughs> Ca- uh, Iron Man snapping Thanos out of existence. Doesn't hold a stick to Daniel Day Lewis bludgeoning Paul Dano to death with a bowling pin. Bowling pin. Sorry. Oh my god! Spoilers for a eleven-year-old movie. Twelve-year-old movie. Wow. Twelve-year-old movie. I'm Where's so the time fun. gone? Yeah, I hope Day Lewis has one more movie in him. Didn't he say this was going to be his last one? Yeah, he retired, but he kind of retires after every movie. But then something calls him back, so I'm, I'm hoping that'll just happen again. Yeah, I actually hope he gets another one because I actually didn't like the Phantom Thread that much. But yeah, I, I, I I've been meaning to get around to rewatching it. But the the ultimate move for Day Lewis would be to come back, but do something really like not do like a big leading man or like historical figure performance. Just do, like, some weird side character in, like, I don't know, an Adam Sandler movie or something like that. Just super <laughs> zany and off the wall. It's like, you wanted me to come back? We're like, we did. We'll take it. Fine. <laughs> or he just blows the doors off. He's like the new Iron Man. Anyways. Uh, next week, hopefully, we'll have a full roster, and we're going to be doing uh, reviewing the results and redrafting. The 2019 movie da- draft with the supersized fall movies, fall winter movie season edition. Uh, very excited about that, and hopefully, if there's a god out there, then we will be able to fit in our uh, clothing talk that I've been teasing way too much for what's going to be probably a what big letdown. Are we, what are we seeing? Oh, not wait, it's August, dude. We're just going to hang out. Who knows? Maybe the, maybe they'll cancel another movie that, and we can all yell at each other about it. But until next time, until that happens, you can follow us at underscore RealFlix on the Twitter, leave an iTunes view, check us out on Spotify, and send an email to RealFlixPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, do that. I bet you won't. Until next time, Cody, take it easy. Give it all, drink it up. Then we love too much, or we push too hard, or we fly too high, or we go too far. Wait for